You're listening to the Party in My Plants podcast, and you're about to hear why it's more important to tune your hormones than it is to tune your guitar, unless you're John Mayer or in guitar lessons. I tried guitar for about a month, had a hard time bending my hand and didn't want calluses, so I stopped. How lame is that? Welcome to the Party in My Plants podcast, where I make healthy living as fun as a party so you'll, you know, actually want to do it and then actually feel, look, and live your best. I'm your host, Talia Pollock. Now let's get this party started. This episode is enthusiastically sponsored by a product I couldn't swear by more if I tried. Four Sigmatic Mushrooms. I didn't say swear about more. I said swear by. I couldn't swear by the magic of mushrooms more if I tried. I originally tried a packet of Four Sigmatic Mushroom Tea in a glass of hot water because, well, I was gifted a free single packet of Four Sigmatic Mushroom Tea by a friend. I had no idea what it did or what was going to happen to me. And I was skeptical because this whole mushroom thing is trendy right now. And I'm always skeptical of trendy things. Read, I avoid trendy things to not be trendy. You know what I mean? But anyway, I drank the shrooms and I felt truly awesome. It's hard to explain. I just felt more awesome than before I drank it. Since then, I've ordered it and consumed about two packets of shrooms a day and I can't get enough. I am telling you, these mushrooms are magic. Although they don't make me hallucinate in a bathtub like my ex-boyfriend's famous magic mushroom experience, which honestly, he seemed way too proud of in hindsight. But hear this, I wasn't hallucinating the magical effects of these shrooms. They are ultra-scientifically proven to boost immunity and gut health. Yes, please, and thank you. And the four different shrooms that Four Sigmatic uses most, hence the four in Four Sigmatic, eh? I just got that too. Well, like three minutes ago. But they all do different epic things for your bod. Rishi helps you relax. Cordyceps give you non-caffeinated energy for sports and stuff. Lion's mane, which does not come from my lion's mane, boosts your brain. That one's easy to remember. And chaga is, yeah, yeah, good for immunity issues, like when you're traveling or feeling run down and or both. Okay, enough blabbering from me. I just finished a mushroom matcha latte. Oh, yeah, Four Sigmatic has mushroom matcha powder. If I could just stop blabbering for a damn second, I could tell you that because you listen to this podcast, thank you for that, you can save 15% off any and all Four Sigmatic shroom stuff you want to buy off their site, Four Sigmatic, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com using code PARTYINMYPLANTS to save that 15%, baby. Man, maybe I had way too much mushroom matcha. Okay, onward to the show. Today's guest has been a women's health advocate, journalist, and educator for over 30 years. That's more years than I've been a person. Candace Birch is extremely passionate about using hormone testing to detect and correct hormone imbalances in women. So all the bummer symptoms of hormonal imbalances, which Candace lays out in this chat, can go away. I gotta say, I very much appreciate what she does because us gals gotta stick together, you know, and get rid of our hormonal imbalances together. And before we hop deep into this amazing hormonal talk, I just want to ask you, if you don't mind, to please leave a review for my podcast and iTunes. I'm not asking for my ego. I'm asking for my, damn, I really wanted to come up with a word that rhymed with ego. But I'm asking for a review because more reviews helps iTunes rank my podcast higher in the app so more peeps can find my podcast. And more peeps finding the podcast means more peeps learning how to take the hell out of healthy living. And I feel like the more peeps who know how to do that, the better. Wouldn't you agree? So please spend two less minutes scrolling on Instagram and leave a review for the Party in My Plants podcast in iTunes. You rock. I mean, you rock if you do it, but I'm assuming you'll do it. So I'm just preemptively saying you rock. Okay, it's showtime. Candace, thank you so much for coming on the Party in My Plants podcast. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, okay, would you say in a nutshell that you help people, men and women, identify hidden hormonal balances that might be wrecking havoc on their health? 
Yes, I would say that. <laughs> I use testing and symptoms to do symptoms first to, you know, see what uh, most people don't know what the symptoms of hormone imbalance are. So I have people go through a checklist and then to confirm those symptoms, you know, the extent to which those symptoms are indicative of an imbalance actually have to be confirmed through testing. Mm. So that's what I do. And then I interpret that testing and we talk about how to get back in balance. Awesome. Well, I'm one of those people who don't know what the symptoms are. So I'm excited for you to explain that to me and everyone listening. Well, there are a lot of symptoms. Many of them overlap with other things like thyroid. Low thyroid issues are very commonly lapped, overlapped in with hormone imbalances. And one of the things that I have found and people in the functional medicine world have found is that it's important to identify fundamental hormonal imbalances of, let's say, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, and the cortisol stress hormones before you get put on meds for thyroid for life or um, you know, before you get diabetes, et cetera, et cetera. So many of the symptoms have to do with the stuff that we get too used to. You know, We become our symptoms like I'm itchy, bitchy, sweaty, <laughs> sleepy, um, you know, moody, bad PMS, weight gain around periods, uh, water retention. And in older women, weight gain, they can't lose or um, belly fat is very common. Not being able to sleep, you know, insomnia problems, can't get to sleep, can't wake up, dragging yourself out of bed in the morning. Um, you know, everything from sleep problems to sugar cravings and, you know, all kinds of mood issues, depression even. And down the road, symptoms become disorders, become disease. So it's a good thing to get a handle on what these symptoms are, you know, to be aware of them that, wow, I could be walking around with a hormone imbalance and not even know it. Yeah, that's one of my questions you know, how do we know that our symptoms are hormone imbalance? Because, you know, a lot of the things you just listed are very common things. And, you know, I feel like you could blame a lot of things for water retention or an inability to sleep or, you know, mood swings or whatever. So how do you know that A, it's hormones and I guess B or A minus um, that you should test your hormones if you're experiencing any of those symptoms? Well, I think what we like to say is that, or what I find with people is that they start to suspect that there's some kind of imbalance going on because they have issues that don't go away. You know, for instance, people who have sudden, you know, who never had a problem losing weight and now they've got belly fat that won't budge mm. or, or they can't, you know, no matter what they do, how well they eat or how much exercise they're getting or you know, everything they're trying to do right is not working. And, you know, just feeling like out of sorts, out of balance, edgy, impatient and irritable with all the people you love most in all the world. And just having these things become problems that stick with you that don't go away. You know, you get sick and you don't bounce back. You, you, you get sick more easily and you stay sick longer and you can't bounce back like you used to, or you're tired all the time. Anything that is persistent and troublesome for, you know, a month, or more is something that isn't natural. It's, you know, we shouldn't be feeling that way. Unfortunately, as I said, a lot of people, because they are not aware that symptoms can be tested for and confirmed yeah. for issues of imbalance. A lot of people just think, oh, I'm just tired all the time. Right. Or I just, you know, I'm just like my mother. I have thyroid problems or, you know, uh, I guess sleeping is I'll sleep when I die, uh -huh. that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, oh, you hear boy. these yeah. excuses people make for themselves and things they put up with that are just, you know, really, it's like looking into it. You know, years ago, as a health educator, we used to spend a lot of time trying to um, make people aware of the seven warning signs of cancer. And, you know, people aren't always aware that there are symptoms, men especially, just think, you know, there was a study done uh, called the HIM study, hypogonadism in males, that it has to do with low testosterone. And they found that over 13, uh, it was like 39% of men presenting in US clinics, men over 45 had low testosterone. So they had all these symptoms. They were crabby. They had no sex drive. They had no stamina or endurance for working out, aches and pains, gaining weight in all the wrong places. And they just thought, well, I'm getting old. Right. You know, it's just a feature of getting old. And, and, that's, you know, and, and the unawareness leads to this chronic situation of just feeling lousy all the time. Right. So I'm hearing really it's, you know, you might want to start considering that it could be a hormonal issue if it's something that doesn't go away and something that 
you kind of say to yourself, well, I guess that's who I am now, or I guess who that's how I, you know, I operate, you know, it's kind of like there's, there might be a better way out there. So that's kind of what I'm hearing. Well, also, you know, for instance, women will say to me, you know, I've been depressed, but, and my doctor put me on antidepressants, but my life isn't depressing. I like my life. I don't know why I need to be on these antidepressants. Um, or you go to the doctor and you have hot flashes and night sweats and the doctor puts you on, um, you know, some kind of anti-anxiety medication or possibly a synthetic hormone. Just things that persist and make you crazy are one <laughs> should start suspecting a hormone imbalance. And especially I found in my work, I was the director of education at a, a very prominent hormone testing lab for many, many years. And I still do that kind of work. And so I've seen thousands and thousands of test results. Wow. And a lot of these were, to, you know, we had tested at the lab I worked at, we had tested over 2 million people. And a lot of those people were people that we're going into that menopause zone or the andropause zone as in male menopause. So they knew, you know, they were moving into that 40 years old, having starting to have symptoms that they never had before. You know, as I mentioned, having mood swings, night sweats, hot flashes, not being able to sleep. That's all really obvious. And the first thought goes to, well, I'm kind of, you know, in that over 40 something age group that is probably, it's probably a hormone thing. So that's kind of your first clue. But for younger people, I found talking to some of the, you know, almost 30 demographic, you know, the, the gals between 20s and 40s, they have symptoms they didn't realize were hormonal. They think that hormones are to do with menopause, but right. we all have hormones and at all ages, we can have imbalances. And I'm finding with the younger crowd, a lot of anxiety and sleeplessness and low libido is rampant and mm. weight gain, belly fat. And people aren't thinking, is that a hormone thing? Because they're thinking, oh, that's about old, being older. And I don't want to think about menopause now. But actually, it's a very common hormone imbalance of stress hormones or low right. testosterone. So it's worth looking into. It's, it's definitely a big piece of the puzzle as to how we're feeling. And to get a handle on it when you're younger means you're going to be cruising into the into your 40s without all the extremes of menopause. Woo! Well, that sounds good. That sounds promising. I'm so excited to keep talking about this. It seems like, you know, a lot of people might be struggling with some of this stuff. I mean, you listed a few things that I'm personally struggling with. So I'm excited to hear more about what to do to fix it. So I am curious, though, like, what are hormones? Because I mean, I'm sure they have pros, but I feel like we're really only educated on their cons, like how they're assholes, because they cause us to break out in <laughs> high school, or they hold yeah. fat in our belly or that, you know, they give us hot flashes. So make a case for them, I guess, or at least like, are they somewhat good? What are they? <laughs> are they somewhat good? Um, well, you know, it's funny. A lot of women in menopause have said to me, oh, I don't have any hormones anymore. I've been through menopause. I'm done with all that. And I always think, oh, that's funny because, you know, you can't, as long as you're on the planet, you've got to have hormones. They are chemical messengers that um, are signals from the brain to different organs and glands in the body. So for instance, the brain will signal the thyroid to make thyroid hormone. And then the thyroid produces these hormones like thyroxin and triodithyronine, T4, T3. The brain will signal the ovaries to make hormones, estrogen to um, regulate the cycle our menstrual cycle, to grow the egg in the ovary, to thicken the lining of the uterus so that we can have a pregnancy, progesterone to maintain that pregnancy and to signal, um, if we don't get pregnant, to signal the beginning of a period, testosterone and DHEA to build muscle and to build um, bone, think mm. of structure, not just libido, but but testosterone and, and DHEA are the anabolic building hormones that actually take care of our, the collagen in our skin, the strength of our bones, the amount of lean muscle we have. Um, cortisol stress hormones are, you think, stress, but stress is about, um, stress really has to do with the amount of energy we have in our, there's good stress, there's bad stress. We think of stress as distress, but, you know, weddings, birthdays, Christmas, that's all good stress. But how mm -hmm. we take stress in stride is a matter of how well our cortisol hormones are working for us. Are we energetic in the morning? Do we bound out of bed with energy ready to go, pumped for the day? Do those hormones then sort of gradually taper off during the day to their lowest point at night so that we can start to calm down, relax, and sleep well? 
Or are they all over the map? Are they wonky? Are they up and down, low when they should be high and high when they should be low? All of these hormones are produced by glands and organs in the body, and they actually govern our mental, physical, and emotional health from the day we are born to the day we die. So they are good. Yeah, they sound pretty positive, (laughs) pretty helpful. In the right balance and in the right proportion to each other, they really synchronize our moods, our memory, our thoughts, our cognition, our energy, our sex drive, everything. So they're pretty fundamental. They also have, you know, they protect the heart, the blood vessels. Uh, We need hormones to stay healthy and to fight disease. It's when hormones get out of balance, when they're, you know, the seesaw effect, you know, when they're going up and down, moving, fluctuating, that's when they can create havoc. You have to think of hormones as sort of on my website, I have a, or on my, I don't know, my website or my Facebook or somewhere, I've got a picture of synchronized swimmers. So you think of hormones as synchronized swimmers. They're all, you know, supposed to be in a a lovely little synchrony where all those toes are pointed pedal, you know, in the air and they create the perfect pedal. Uh And if one of those swimmers swam off in another direction or start splashing all around or dives to the bottom of the pool, all that synchrony is lost. Another way that hormones are described as instruments in an orchestra. So if if one is playing out of tune, the whole symphony is ruined. So that's really where it's at. And I think balance is a word that's overused. We can't be in perfect balance all the time, but we don't want to be in a state of, you remember when you were a kid and you're sitting on the seesaw and the bad kid gets on the other end and slams you to the ground? Right. <laughs> you don't want to be in that situation. You want to be somewhere in the middle where you, you know your hormones are in pretty good balance. And we see with testing that when you see to the extent to which your hormones are high or low, that relates very, very directly to, you know, the symptoms that people are experiencing. So testing for these hormone levels can answer a lot of questions about why am I always moody? Why am I always tired? Why can't I lose this belly fat? Why am I depressed when my life is fine and I I can't understand it? Why am I irritable and yelling at my kids? You know, I always tell the story of how when I went into menopause, I was scaring my children. (laughs) I had kids late in life, and when I went into menopause, I had a 13-year-old and a 6-year-old, and I just had these mood swings every 20 minutes and a hot flash in between, and mommy was not fun. I looked at my kid one day, Ryan, and realized she was scared of me. Wow. And I thought, hey, I got to do something here. I have to make a change. This is crazy. I can't be like this. And then, of course, I was throwing open all the windows in the dead of winter. Everybody (laughs) had to deal with my being way too hot. And they Mm -hmm. all had to, you know, I'd say to them, put on a sweater if you're cold. Too bad. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Raging bitch on wheels, you know. (laughs) At least you can admit it. Yeah. yeah. It was (laughs) pretty obvious. (laughs) Pretty obvious. And a lot of women I talk to who do get balanced will say, wow, my family has told me I'm much easier to live with. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, that's, I mean, talk about having a fulfilling job of yours to have Mm -hmm. people tell you that. I mean, that's as good as it gets. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So what kind of tests can be done to determine whether we have a hormonal imbalance or not? Okay. So this is, um, a big subject. But when I'm on my soapbox, I like to talk about the fact that there have never been many tests done on women for individual hormone levels, you know, to look at those key hormones that that control our cycles and our moods and our memory and our cognition, the estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, and the stress hormones. That is not routinely been tested. Most women have when they, you know, they kind of had to wait till they get into menopause, obvious symptoms like hot flashes and night sweats, run to the doctor and say, I'm, you know, I'm going crazy here. And the doctor has traditionally old school has tested, done one blood test for something called FSH, which is follicle stimulating hormone, which is a signal from the brain telling um, the ovaries to make hormone. And if that signal stays high, the indication is that it's falling on deaf ears. The ovaries are packing up and you're not making any more hormones. So here we'll put you on some synthetic HRT and see you in 20 years. That was kind of what was done for the last so many decades. Mm -hmm. And then we had the Women's Health Initiative that came out in 2003, which was a big shock and awe 
study um, was on the cover of Newsweek and in headlines in the newspapers about how HRT, hormone replacement therapy, made from pregnant mare's urine and the subject of horse torture, I won't go into, but you know, women were given hormones made from pregnant mare's urine to try to handle some of their symptoms. And they found that that was causing increasing heart disease, doubling the risk of blood clots, definitely related to um, the rise in breast cancer. Breast cancer risk and incidence of has risen right in tandem with the use of synthetic HRT. So the whole story started to shift towards okay, what are the Europeans doing? They're using natural hormones and they're testing. So there are natural plant-derived hormones that women can use that are much safer. And there's a test you can do to find out, do you have an imbalance? So you wouldn't use thyroid hormone if you weren't, you know, you wouldn't be put on thyroid if you didn't have a test. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't be put on insulin if you weren't tested. So why were women for 40, 50 years put on HRT without any testing or monitoring? So that's changed now. Now we have testing and a lot of doctors will do blood testing. But in my camp, which is the functional medicine, integrative medicine world, where we're looking for root cause of problems, not mm-hmm. just, you know, put a bandaid on stuff. Many, many doctors are now using and have been for the last 20 years saliva testing because saliva is where you can capture active hormone levels. So hormones are in the bloodstream bound to a red blood cell by a carrier protein. So if they're bound to that red blood cell, they're inactive. That doesn't help me to do a blood test that that measures all of the hormone in my bloodstream that isn't even active. It's just circulating in the bloodstream. That's what a lot of doctors do. They just measure blood serum. What you need to measure is either free hormone in blood, meaning it's become detached from its carrier and it's now free to move into the target tissues of the body where hormones do their work, or you measure it in saliva where hormones have also become detached from their carrier in the blood, had moved into the tissues, the cells of the body. And where they move to is a receptor site. So you think of that as a door in a cell, think of a door in a cell or a helicopter landing pad. A hormone is actually like a key that fits perfectly into the receptor site of a cell and it opens the door to that cell and goes in and starts flipping all those master switches that control our ovulation, that control our energy levels, that control how much lean muscle we're building or how much body fat we're we're replacing our lean muscle with, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So testing levels of hormones that are free, unbound, active, the instrumental word here is bioavailable hormones that are biologically available to the tissues in the body that need them and require them. And that's what we can test in saliva. And another reason for saliva is that it's non-invasive. Yeah, It's the gold standard for measuring stress hormones because so many people freak out with needles. So, you know, there's no needles, you spit into a tube and actually it's the best way to measure hormones over the course of one day because you need to measure morning, noon, evening, and at bedtime to get a real picture of how your hormone levels are looking. And so you're not going to do a blood test four times in one day and you certainly can't get your blood drawn right before you go to bed. Uh And that's crucial for measuring the pattern of cortisol stress hormones. Okay. They should be high in the morning and they should gradually taper off, as I mentioned earlier, throughout the day to their lowest point at night. So sometimes you will see these crazy, and I don't mean sometimes, I mean often, given that we're all living in a world of abundant stress and we don't know how to turn off, um, you'll see these these cortisol stress hormone levels that are really low in the morning. So we're dragging ourselves out of bed and they're way high at night. So you know, talk about tossing and turning all night, people aren't sleeping. Right. And this, it, you can track this with, with the testing. It shows you, you know, people will look at these test results and go, wow, that's the story of my life. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, the testing is a world of information. It's, it's really news you can use to make some, <laughs> some major changes. So how much does the saliva test run somebody? Is it, I'm just curious if it's like worth it. If somebody at home or myself is like, Hey, this sounds like something I would really like to do. Is it crazy expensive or is it affordable? It's generally, I should say right off, not covered by insurance. Yeah, I figured. Um, and 
I hope at some point in life it will be. I mean, some people can try to submit the bill to their insurance company and some insurance companies will cover it. But generally what I do is I have a package. So I sell a test kit and a consult because it's no, there's no use getting a test kit without understanding what the results are. Right. People can order test kits online uh, through various labs and they can get their test results sent to them, but they won't have anybody to help interpret those test results and review them. Yeah. Or say what you can do to improve it. Right. Or say what you can do to improve it. So I offer several different packages that are um, like, for instance, I have, you know, I have one where you, you do your testing and you do your um, consult with me, a 50 minute consult to review your test results afterwards and an action plan. And that's, um, God, I think we're changing the prices right now, but that's somewhere around $400. That's Mm -hmm. for the test, the full test, the processing of the test, the results, the 50 minute consult with me and an action plan. And then I have various, um, interpretations of, you know, various variations on that. Like I have a weight management package that looks at hormones that are, you know, really trying to specify why the weight gain and what's really going on there. I have other packages where you get two follow-up consults, but I'd say they're all within the range of from $500 on down. Wow. And, and I have, I have one package that is just, um, symptoms, just no testing, but just looking at symptoms and discussing, whether or not you think you have symptoms of imbalance, et cetera, et cetera. And for your oh. listeners, I was going to offer a, a free mini consult so that oh. they can they can just email me at Candice B. Well, Candice B-E well at gmail.com and say, hey, I heard you on Talia's party in my plants and <laughs> uh, I want to talk to you for half an hour. Oh my God, that's amazing of you. Thank you. Can I email you and call you? <laughs> yeah, of course you can. Yeah. <laughs> When I get the email, I send a symptom checklist and, and that starts people, you know, thinking about, oh, okay, I've had that for three months, three years. I, yeah. you know, there's several symptoms there and um, people check them off and get, and that really informs our little consult. And that's a good way for us to, you know, for people to get to know me a little bit and decide, do I want to carry on with this and get a test and go forward? It's a good beginning. Wow. That's wonderful. Thank you. CandiceBewell at gmail.com. Right. Awesome. We'll right. link to that in the show notes. That's that's really great of you. Thanks. Um, so awesome. Okay. So we had the saliva test. We heard about some symptoms. Now I'm curious, what causes hormonal imbalances? Like general, I'm sure there's a bajillion different things, but like, you know, for people, you know, in their 30s, 40s, 20s, what kinds of stuff are we experiencing that could be causing, you know, weight gain or belly fat or or mood swings, low energy or, you know, lack of sex drive, like that type of stuff? Okay. So for older women moving into their 40s, by the way, around 45 was the classic perimenopause stage where hormones start to fluctuate. That's when periods get heavy or or not so heavy, or there's no period at all. And, and women know, oh, I'm probably moving into the menopause zone. And that and that's just an inevitable aspect of aging. So aging is inevitable, but the rate at which we age, you know, how fast we age, how dramatic the decline in hormone levels, how precipitous or steep that decline has a lot to do with lifestyle. So people who are, you know, really stressed, and that means people that don't get enough sleep, who can't sleep, who are overworked, overbooked, overcommitted, even things like having residual emotional stress in your life, the conversation you haven't had with your Mm mother-in-law or, you know, the constant drip drip of an abusive relationship, pain, physical, physical stress, like pain, injury, accident, surgery, moving, all of those things on the Holmes-Rahi stress index scale can cause cortisol hormones to fluctuate. And if cortisol hormones are really out of whack, that can affect how we, whether or not we ovulate. If we don't ovulate, younger women who don't ovulate, and that can be because not only of high continuing stress that is unresolved, it can also be because of lack of protein in the diet. A lot of people who are vegan and don't get enough protein or know how to combine proteins properly don't Mm -hmm. ovulate. Um, 
people who exercise to an extreme degree, high-intensity exercise, and I've talked to a lot of younger gals lately who are really sort of addicted to the spinning craze, Mm -hmm. and they're spinning three, four times a day. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's not uncommon. And those gals are not only exhausted, but their sex drive, their libido is very low, and often they're over-exercising and under-eating. So that's a common pattern that will definitely impact ovulation. So if you don't ovulate, you don't make the proper complement of hormones because ovulation every cycle is when we um, create, we produce estrogen and progesterone. If you don't ovulate, you don't make any progesterone at all, by the way. Most of the testosterone and DHEA we make, the testosterone is made by the ovaries. The um, DHEA and cortisol are made by the adrenal glands. If adrenal glands, which moderate our stress response and our immunities and our energy and the breakdown of blood sugars in the body, if the adrenals are overworked because we're overworked, they burn out, so do we, and so go the hormone balance. You know, then you start to have all of these symptoms. So in younger women, it's often the over-exercise, not eating properly. A lot of gals really want to be thin. They're so worried about their weight, so they're exercising constantly and not eating properly or enough or often enough, you know, letting hours go by. I've talked to so many gals who, yeah, I have coffee in the morning. Well, when do you eat again? Oh, maybe at 2 o'clock I have something. Then there are others that are really into clean eating. They're vegans and they're not getting enough protein. So, or there are people that aren't getting enough of the plant compounds, the the phytoestrogens or phytochemicals in plants that are so key. We know that like 80% of Americans don't get enough fruit and vegetables into their diet. Mm -hmm. And the compounds in those plants, they have actually hormone-like effects. They can act like a hormone in the body and relieve certain symptoms. They can soothe inflammation. They support our immune system. They are detoxifying. So if we're not getting enough of those, we can have imbalances. So there are many, many reasons. It's not just about aging. Um, And as I say, you know, I wrote a blog, uh, aging is not a Botox deficiency. Um, You know, (laughs) that's hilarious. It's really much more about, you know, as we live our lives, what respect do we pay to the kind of nutrition we're nourishing our bodies with, the rest that we allow ourselves, the um, boundaries that we put, you know, the emotional boundaries we put into our lives so that if people are draining us and demanding from us more than we provide for ourselves, we have to learn that balance. You know, what do we need for ourselves versus what do others need from us? So when I talk to people after a test report, I send them an action plan that doesn't just talk about supplements and and foods. It also talks about stress management, lifestyle. It can talk about um, avoiding certain chemicals in the environment that can really mess with our hormone levels big time. And that's another subject. So it's a holistic thing. It's everything. It's not just taking supplements or hormones or any one thing. It's doing many things all together. Changing lifestyle too. Yeah. It sounds like lots of lifestyle because that could be what's causing the imbalance to begin with. Yeah, it can be. It -hmm. can be, especially if your lifestyle is so extreme, you know, you're not ovulating and then therefore getting really running on running on empty and overworking the adrenals so that they're Mm -hmm. collapsed the adrenals are these little glands they're these little tiny pyramid shaped glands that sit on top of the kidneys and they marshal our immunities and mount our stress response you know help us take stress and stride so that if we're in the car in a traffic jam we're not having a meltdown (laughs) you know that we can just we can handle things and if the adrenals get collapsed then we kind of feel collapsed and that can happen at any age right totally I was going to ask, you know, what are some ways that you can naturally that you would suggest once you read the test, we get our hormones back and back out of whack um, or back in mm-hmm. whack. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like there would be lifestyle modifications such as not spinning maybe three times a day or eating a little bit more regularly or eating more plants. Of course, that's the solution to everything. Or, yeah. um, you know, and yep. it sounds like there's some natural supplements that you might also suggest people take. Yeah. Well, I have found it's just very, very common for people to not be, especially women, not to be making enough progesterone to balance estrogen levels. So estrogen is that hormone that I was saying grows the ovary, the egg in the ovary, gets that uterine lining, 
nice and blood rich for a possible pregnancy and embryo to be implanted. But women that have, let's say, really heavy, painful periods, you know, that every period is way too much goes on too long, backache. Some women are just, you know, have to stay home. It's their periods are so bad. They Mm -hmm. may miss work, et cetera. That is a key hallmark sign of estrogen dominance, where estrogen just keeps being produced without the checks and balances of progesterone. And there are many, many symptoms that go along with that. Um, So if estrogen dominance shows up in a test report, I may suggest that we use a a little bit of natural progesterone, which is a hormone, but it's so benign that it can be sold over the counter. It does not need to be prescribed. It's a cream and um, it's what you call bioidentical. So it's made from plants. It's made from what? Yeah, it's derived from wild yam and it is made to be exact in structure and function to the hormone our bodies make naturally. Wow. So the idea is you top up. The whole idea with using bioidentical hormones is that you're using something that is mimicking mother nature. You're using something that is, and you're using it in a Goldilocks dose. Not too much, not too little, just the right amount. (laughs) I love that. So it's been determined that you can use like a little quarter teaspoon of progesterone and you use it during the time in your cycle, which happens to be days 12 to 24, counting the first day of your last period. So like, let's say your period starts on August 1st, you would use progesterone if a test result shows that you're very low in progesterone and that you're estrogen dominant then you would use progesterone days 12, August 12th through August 24th or until your period starts again. And so what you're doing is you're topping up. It's the same thing as realizing that, you know, we can try to eat the best diet that we can possibly manage, but we're still going to possibly be deficient in magnesium because the soil is denatured right? or in selenium because we can't eat enough to get a balanced diet. So we have to supplement our nutrition with natural supplements. So that's the idea of progesterone. You're topping up a little bit and that is recommended if people are low. Um, I also talk about things like B-complex, which is crucial to breaking down blood sugar and crucial, so crucial to energy production in the body and crucial to supporting the adrenal glands, helping them to do their job. I may talk about vitamin D. Most people are deficient in vitamin D. Even if you live in, a, in the sunshine state you or in California, people are working indoors and mm-hmm. they use sunscreen. And deficiencies of vitamin D are linked to all kinds of... Actually, vitamin D is a hormone. It's not a vitamin. When you take it as a supplement, it's a vitamin. But vitamin D is a hormone made by the action of sun upon the skin. Wow. Um, I will also talk about adaptogens, which are herbs that nourish and support the adrenals. You've heard of ashwagandha, Mm -hmm. ginseng, eleuthero, maca. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are beautiful herbs like Vitex, which is famous for regulating cycles for hundreds of years. Women have used that to regulate their cycles to create and help to boost hormone naturally. So the idea is to nourish the body with supplements and foods. I may suggest a a protein smoothie in the morning, making sure you eat regularly, never let four to five hours go by without getting some kind of nourishment in you. Um, I may help people take things that will help them sleep. Rubbing progesterone in at night actually is a huge, hugely helpful way to sleep. Wow. Um, there's also avoiding xenoestrogens, which are chemicals in the environment that actually act like estrogens and cause estrogen dominance big time. I like to think of them as sort of the unwelcome guest that barges in your house and lays down on your couch and won't leave. <laughs> you know, and just stays. So these hormones that are chemicals, man-made chemicals that come from things like uh, microwaving your food in plastic, the plastic actually leaches estrogen into the food you're eating. And that estrogen acts like a super duper toxic estrogen, goes into the cell, kicks out the naturally occurring estrogen and takes over. Right. And come from everything from, you know, eating from, like I said, microwaving your food in plastic. So you got to switch to glass or ceramic, of course, to eating foods that are rich in synthetic hormones that have been injected with growth hormones, like the meat and the milk 
that is everywhere. They don't allow that in Europe, but in this country, if we want to make cattle grow fat faster and sell more meat to the pound, you give them hormones. And mm-hmm. well, guess who gets fat faster when we eat that kind of stuff? We do. We do. <laughs> so we have to look for, you know, this is all in the action plan, but uh, we have to look for foods and say, these animals were raised without growth hormones and antibiotics. Yes. And there are more and more you know, happily, there are many, many products there. It also applies to cleaning, you know, what we use to clean our houses, what we use to put on our bodies, the creams, the shampoos, the makeup. There's a great website on um, EWG. Um, I'm just having a mind gap here. But the Skin Skin Deep gives uh, online gives a, a whole list of the products that are toxic, that have toxins that create hormone havoc or oh, they're okay. called endocrine disruptors. Mm-hmm. They actually disrupt hormone production and the Skin Deep site, and I can give you that information to put out there when you put this Yeah, um, for podcast. sure. People can look up, even when they're standing in the store, they can look up a product and find out if that product is a good one. But you know, in general, the rule is if there are 42 ingredients on something and you can't pronounce half of them, then stay away from that product. Stay away from things that have sulfate and sulfites and phthalates and all these words that are unpronounceable. You just look for things that have simple ingredients with natural natural content. That's what we're looking for. But that can mean, you know, going through your cupboards and emptying out, you know, throwing out the comet and the toxic cleansers and all of that and just replacing them gradually with more natural products. Yeah. You know, plant-based products in in all cases. That's the cure. That's what we're all about here. Plant-based products in all cases. Speaking of plants, are there any specific plant foods that we can eat to keep our hormones happy? I mean, you mentioned maca, which is one of my favorite superfoods, but what are some other plants that um, keep our hormones healthy and happy? Well, um, in terms of the adaptogenic plants, you know, you're thinking of well, the maca, the ashwagandha. I think I mentioned some of those already. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, really soy is, now this is important to understand, soy-based foods are, um, you know, many of the natural hormones are derived from soy and soy is good for us because it acts like a weak estrogen and it can help to ally some of the symptoms that women experience. That's why they talk about the Japanese that eat a lot of soy-based plant, you know, that plant foods derived from soy don't have hot flashes, etc. Um, but you have to eat soy. There's a dark side of soy. You have to make sure that you don't overdo it. In America, mm-hmm. we're eating soy bars and soy chips and soy cereal and soy milk. And, you know, we can really, it's better to eat soy as the Asians do in the fermented form. Mm-hmm. Miso, miso, tamari, tempeh, tempeh edamame beans, that, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, flax seed and, you know, the legumes are very good for, um, you know, as far as foods, nuts, nuts and seeds have those phytosterols, the plant oils that are so anti-inflammatory, which in itself is very hormone balancing. So, um, you know, you want to use all the the good vegetable oils and plant oils, um, eating nuts like Brazil nuts, et cetera, pumpkin seeds, flax seeds, sprinkled on your cereal or on your into your smoothie. All of those things are, are excellent to be incorporating into your diet. Yeah. And I, I get into that. And, and also in terms of plants, think dark green leafy vegetables. Those are, and of course they say all vegetables of vivid colors, but the dark green leafy vegetables, I should mention cruciferous vegetables in particular, like cauliflower, kale, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, that that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Those actually have hormone balancing effects. They actually promote proper metabolism of hormones in the body, particularly estrogen. So people who want to make sure that, you know, this is another discussion, but estrogens if they get out of hand, if they start, if there's too much estrogen around for too long, um, you know, estrogen is that hormone that makes cells multiply, grow, and divide. 97% of breast cancers are linked to too much estrogen in the body. Prostate cancer is linked to too much estrogen. You see, so you want to control that estrogen level and eating 
the dark green leafy plants is one way to really do that. Now you have to maybe eat a lot of it. So, um, you know, you want to try to incorporate into a smoothie, maybe put some kale into your morning smoothie, have some kind of um, cruciferous veg in your salad at lunch, uh, put something in, you know, maybe two veg at dinner, that kind of thing. Every chance you get, you've got to incorporate the green, the dark green leafy vegetables. Ain't that the truth? Yep. <laughs> totally. And a lot of people sometimes have trouble digesting the cruciferous vegetables. So steaming it and roasting them can help, you know, like roasting broccoli, steaming broccoli. I personally can't eat raw broccoli. It will destroy my stomach. So, oh um, yeah, definitely yeah. steaming them lightly, but always steaming lightly or sauteing lightly is much better. So I guess that's for someone like you, you wouldn't want to put that into your smoothie because that yeah. would be raw, but you can, you know, steam up some spinach or um, you know, kale or whatever, and put it in the smoothies. A lot of people are able to do that. Yeah. Hell yeah. But basically I'd say the dark green cruciferous vegetables are really, really important for hormone metabolism, but any kind of inflammatory action in the body, you know, you want to be thinking about turmeric, um, adding that to smoothies. And as I said, flax, chia seed, all of those things are absolutely wonderful omega-3s for um, adding into the diet to keep inflammation at bay because the minute we're in an inflammatory state, our hormones are going out of whack again. Right. So it's, you know, it's all the good stuff that we've heard, but it's just a reminder. You know how you, you hear things, you've heard things a dozen times and you think boring, boring, boring. And then you <laughs> think, oh, well, uh, yeah, maybe I'm hearing in, in, in a different light. For instance, this is interesting with estrogen dominance, too much estrogen can actually inhibit the action of thyroid hormones. So many people, they end up taking thyroid medication because they're gaining weight and can't lose it. And actually, they had um, what we call functional hypothyroidism, meaning the thyroid is fine. The gland is working. It's trying to deliver its hormone to the cells that need it. But the um, excess of estrogen in the system is actually acting as a roadblock and keeping thyroid hormones from doing what they need to do to keep our metabolism at in top shape. So uh, cortisol hormones that are, you know, stress hormones that are out of whack, that are too high or too low can do the same thing. So that's, you know, another reason for trying to keep hormones in balance through our diet, through getting enough sleep, through managing our stress, you know, turning the cell phone up. Another thing I talk about is um, not being addicted to the cell phone or the laptop at night, that blue light right. that, that hits the retina of the eye actually completely disrupts melatonin production. So our sleep is disrupted. And at the same time, appetite hormones that operate on the sleep-wake cycle are also disrupted. And then we get into this, you know, cycle of being hungry all the time and craving sugar. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many offshoots to this, to this whole conversation. Seriously. Well, good news is that the iPhones have those little nighttime modes so you can dim your phone or you could just yes. not use your phone and just be in the moment, read a book, meditate, do a hypnosis recording, something like that before bed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's another program I've heard about called Flux, which you can download and it puts your computer into a mode that takes that blue light out as the, you know, as the day goes by so that your computer light is sort of dimmed and you're not Oh, that's great. You're not as affected by that. That's great. So talk to me for a sec about birth control. I mean, I know this is an enormous topic, but is something that you also help with, um, like wean people off of birth control? And is birth control as bad as I've been hearing? I mean, because in the mainstream world, birth control isn't seen as bad at all. You know, like it's mm. no big deal. But in the holistic health world, I feel like being on birth control is like the worst thing you could do. Like if I'm on birth control and I've shared that with people and I've gotten like actual gasps, like, <gasps> like you're on birth really? control. Um, so I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Well, that is a big topic. Um, <laughs> you know, I've worked with women who are in their late 40s, 50s, who probably are at no risk of getting pregnant, especially late 40s, early 50s, and right. they're still on birth control because they were put on it years ago for acne when they were teenagers right? or for irregular periods. And that's usually the standard approach for, you know, women that have um, those problems. They're put on birth control. Uh, if those women could test their hormones first and find out 
that possibly their, you know, their testosterone is too high, their cortisol stress hormones are too high, their progesterone is low, they could take action to rebalance those hormones naturally, especially women that aren't sexually active. Why Mm -hmm. be on a birth control pill when you're not sexually active? Right. Birth control is designed to disrupt ovulation, right? So it does a good job of that. It disrupts ovulation, which means your hormone levels will plummet people on birth control are going to have low levels of estrogen, low levels of progesterone, low levels of testosterone, and they're going to feel the side effects of that. So there are other ways to regulate cycles um, and get back in balance without going on birth control if you're not sexually active. If you are and you need to be on birth control, the best choice is to use something that is either a very low hormone dose. You know, you want to try to keep the havoc to a minimum. So mm. you want to go for a low hormone dose, like what is um, the Nuva ring? That's what I'm on. Yeah, that's I don't know better. Why I just got so excited. The reason I yeah. chose that is because I have such a sensitive stomach and I did not want to put something through it every day with a pill. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I should say, and I'm just curious, I'm just going to, we'll have a little consult right now. The reason I am on birth control is because around my period, I would get the most severe mood swings. Like I would get severely depressed, like very, very dark, scary thoughts. And Uh I noticed that once I was on birth control, that really, really helped. And so I've been thinking because I've, you know, I'm in the holistic health world and I get those gasps and personally, I don't want to be doing something that's unnatural, but I'm scared to go off of it because I don't know how to adjust when I've had that terrible, scary experience of having these really dark periods, I'm scared Mm -hmm. to go off of it. Yeah, I think that's very common for a lot of people. But most people have found that they can control their I mean, it all starts with testing, because otherwise, you're just guessing. Can you test while you're on birth control, though? You can test while you're on birth control. But you know, as I tell women, you're going to get a result that is indicative of your hormones under the influence Mm -hmm. of the contraception. So you're not getting a true baseline level, but a lot of gals, um, you know, decide they're going to test anyway and see, you know, it's one way to see how bad is it, you know, how, how, what do your hormones look like when they're on birth control, when you're on birth control and what are the symptoms associated with those low, you know, generally low hormone levels. Um, cause you know, when those hormone levels are low, your reproductive hormones are low, your stress hormones are generally high. And that's where a lot of the side effects of birth control come in. Um, other gals decide, you know, I really want to go off for a while. I know that it's, you know, that they're not the best for me, especially the oral contraceptive right. is, is really tough. Um, oral contraceptives actually increase something called sex hormone binding globulin, which means that snatches up a lot of the available hormone in the body and can disrupt thyroid again. So lots of side effects. So a lot of people think, okay, I'm going to go off for a while and you can go off for about a month. A good month is is a nice break, a washout period. And then you can test, get a baseline level and see, am I a person who's, you know, estrogen dominant? And is that, is my progesterone really low? Is my, are my stress hormones high? Is that why I'm feeling depressed. Is my testosterone low? That you know, many of those things can relate to depression and mood swings and irritability and you know, anxiety is a big one. Yeah. So it's good to get a baseline level to see where you're at. And if you've had a history in life of you know really heavy, painful periods or just you know bad PMS, um, you know that's a that's a real sign that you've probably had some imbalances to begin with. For sure, it's the hormones and the birth control that are giving you some. You know they're they're regulating some of that hormone, but it's some of the naturally occurring hormone, but it's an artificial construct. And you can't be on them forever. And there are too many side effects and symptoms associated with it. But, you know, it's a vexed question. What do you do? If you don't want to get pregnant, you're not ready to have kids, you've got to use some form. So what most functional medicine doctors will say is use something like the NuvaRing that is low or the um, IUD, the particularly the copper Paragard, which is a non-hormonal IUD, or um, barrier methods. Mm-hmm. Condoms. Some people are using that or the sponge. (laughs) Yeah, some people still are. They tell me. 
I guess the thing is, you know, I would advise really if, if people are very curious and have a raft of symptoms, many of which we've mentioned today, if they have these issues, um, it might be a good idea to take, take a break, get off the pill for a month, test your hormones, see where you're at, and then take steps naturally to rebalance your hormone levels. Like how many gals are using the pill for acne? Right. Tons and tons are using the pill for acne, but acne is generally oily skin, acne, uh, PCOS, where uh-huh. gals have polycystic ovarian syndrome, where instead of creating the right balance of estrogen, progesterone, they're just churning out a lot of testosterone and DHEA. So they're going to have the oily skin, cystic acne, sometimes it's horrible. They may have excessive facial hair or body hair. They may have irregular periods. They're at risk for infertility down the road. Mm. And a lot of these gals are put on birth control when really the problem was an imbalance of testosterone to estrogen progesterone. And that can be, you know, that can be reversed. Sometimes it's linked to a diet that is, you know, a junk food diet where we've been eating nutrition that is, you know, far more, less nutritious than it is um, full of calories and empty nutrition. And that kind of junk food diet, high sugars, carbs, can actually cause insulin resistance. I'm sure you've heard that term where insulin stays high in the body. It it cannot manage all the influx of sugar. You know, the cells that receive sugar for energy start pulling down the shades and locking the door and say, hey, we're full up. We don't need any more sugar. Put it in her belly. Store it in her belly. Right. And, and at the same time, insulin will cause the ovaries to start churning out uh, the androgens, testosterone and DHEA. And that's when you see gals that have, you know, the, you know, they may have, as I said, excess facial hair, deeper voice, skin that breaks out constantly. So you want to know, is that going on? So you can take steps to naturally, you know, to reverse that with natural means before you go right to a birth control pill. Okay. So it's good to know that one could pause their birth control, you know, for a month, take the test. It's enough time to get it out of your system so you can get a real reading on what's going on. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, you know, take that saliva test, spit into a tube four times in one day and talk to you about what the problems are, what some solutions are. I mean, it almost sounds too good to be true that there's a way to test this that is at home that we could do. And also that, you know, a lot of these symptoms that a lot of people I know are living with might be able to be reversed. So I feel very hopeful right now and uplifted. Thank you for enlightening all of us. Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, this is um, important information. As I said, I think many people become their symptoms. Yeah. Or they think that because their mother had this issue or because it runs in the family, you know, they have to deal with the same things or they just go to the, the standard route. And there's just so much information out there. There's some great books. There's Sarah Gottfried's The Hormone Cure. Um, I love the, um, the Adrenal Fatigue book by Dr. Wilson, Jim Wilson, who talks about how our adrenals rule the roost. And they're just endless resources. I have a website called Your Hormone Balance that has a lot of information on it. Uh, so there's, there's tons of stuff to read and to, you know, educate ourselves, uh, on this, on this topic. And those of us that are in this world have seen people transformed. I just talked to a gal the other day who said her, it's been a huge sea change in her life since she tested and has made some changes. And, you know, people take the action plan, they make their own game plan from it. You're not going to do every single thing that is suggested. You're going to say, hey, I can do that. I think I'll try that. Let's see, you know, I'll, I'll add these things in. I'll stop spinning at nine o'clock at night. I'll only do my ex, my vigorous exercise in the morning and afternoon. You know, it doesn't mean you have to change everything about yourself. It means you have to make subtle changes take a few things that may help to support and nourish your body and see where you get and see how you feel. And most people feel a lot better. Um, you know, it can be a noticeable change, but it is uh, to do with how long you've been feeling lousy, 
it may not happen overnight. It may be a bit of a journey to make those changes. Everybody's different, of course. Totally. Well, that's the same with every aspect of your health. I mean, you don't want to just go from eating crap to eating 100% plants overnight. You want to work your way into it. If you, you know, if you've been eating like crap and you start eating plants, you might feel great right away. Health is a journey mm-hmm. in every aspect, hormones to what you eat to everything. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But the hormone piece is fundamental. The hormone piece right. is fundamental to all that. And I'm hoping to, you know, I think it's breaking its way into the average holistic conversation now, which is great. People yeah. like you bringing this up as a topic on your show. Thank you for doing that. That's yeah. that's so good. Right. I'm so excited. Helpful. Yeah. I hope this helps people. So where can everyone go to get themselves and their hormones in touch with you? <laughs> well, there's two ways. Like I said, they can email me at Candice Be Well, uh, at Gmail and um, we can set up a mini consult to talk or they can just go to my website, www.yourhormonebalance.com and order a kit. Cool. Just click on, it says order a kit consult and then it takes you to a page that describes each of the different packages and you can just simply order it, pay through it by, uh, through PayPal and, um, and then a kit is sent to you in the mail the instructions, everything's in there. There'll be four tubes in the kit, morning, noon, evening, night collection tubes. You send, the instructions are there. Um, you note the times of collection, send the, the kit with your samples back into the lab. All the postage is included. These can actually be sent through UPS back to the lab for processing And then I get the test report sent to me in about five to seven days from the time the lab receives the samples. And then I call you and say, hey, I've got your test results. We're ready to talk. Let's set up a consult. Sounds incredibly easy. Yeah. Couldn't be easier. Right. Awesome. So your, what was it? Yourhormonehealth.com? Yourhormonebalance.com. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yourhormonebalance.com. Right. Awesome. Well, Candace, thank you so much for sitting in a closet in Canada and talking to us <laughs> for this hour. I really appreciate your dedication to the topic. <laughs> it's all happening in a closet in Canada. Right? <laughs> okay. Well, thanks. Thanks for the conversation. This was fun. Thank and you'll have to tell me how your listeners, uh, how they, how they respond. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Party in My Plants podcast. I hope you're hunky-dory about hormones. I typed up a lot of the info from this pretty informative chat, and you can totally cheat off me. The notes are hanging out at partyinmyplants.com slash 60, along with a heck of a lot of other stuff that makes healthy living not suck. So head on over there. Also, I just want to say, you know how Candace mentions adaptogens and how they can be helpful for your hormones? Well, my current fave way to get some adaptogens in my bod is by way of four sigmatic shrooms. If you're like, what are adaptogens and why mushrooms? Listen to episode 58 in which I discuss both. Also want to mention, after this call, I did a saliva hormone test and chatted with Candace about my results. Eye-opening stuff. And that test was much harder than I thought it would be. I mean, it's a lot of saliva you got to generate, but it provided some really interesting results. Remember, if you want a complimentary chat with Candice about your hormones or you want a 10% discount off of any of her hormone test kits, you can email her at candicebewell at gmail.com and mention this podcast. And again, every single thing I just said is sitting pretty for you at partyinmyplants.com slash 60. So Prob's a good idea to head over there.